Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Well, the scripture readings for this week are rather intense and perhaps even a bit uh, embarrassing or awkward, we could say. In the first reading, we have the prophet Jeremiah. He's doing God's will. He's speaking on behalf of God. People don't like what he's saying, and they throw him in a pit to die. And then because the Lord is faithful to his servants, the Lord raises up someone to get him out of the pit. The second reading in the book of Hebrews, we hear and we're reminded that Jesus endured shame, the cross, and bled and suffered and died out of, for sin to get rid of it all. And then it says, have you and I even shed blood in our fight against sin? And in the gospel, we hear Jesus say literally these words, I have not come to establish peace on earth but division. And so it's, if we're going to be honest, it's, it's rather intense. And oftentimes what people can do with these passages is just kind of ignore them and let's just get back to the gentle Jesus. And what happens is, is God, the God of the universe, is communicating to us as much in these passages as he is in the prodigal son story of mercy. Or in the woman caught in adultery, the story of forgiveness. Or any other part of scripture. And if anyone here has ever struggled with hearing loss, you know how difficult it is to be in relationship with someone if all you do is hear every five words of a sentence. If you're hearing only every five words, it's really hard to have a friendship, relationship, or intimacy with someone. Similarly, when we cut out parts of the Bible, it's really difficult for us to come to know who God is and to know His plan for us because we're busy editing. And so we need to spend time with these difficult scriptures as much as we'd spend time with any other so we can hear the whole plan of God. So one of the questions becomes, why are these passages here? It's because in a world gone crazy, we don't like God's will which is synonymous with truth. We don't like to hear the truth. We don't really want truth. We order our lives, our identities, our relationships around things that bring us comfort, honor, prestige, power. They make us feel good. And in a world like that, when God enters the world, he quite literally has to break that apart to establish the new way which is to share in God's own infinite life and love. And so the gospel and our lives have to have a nice meeting point, and it's usually called our ego. If you ever know anyone in the 12-step program, the word ego stands for elbowing God out. We don't want his voice, we don't want the truth, 
different, especially anyone who brings it to us. We want our ways in our time, in the ways in our plans. And so, just to have a few examples of this at work, I want to give three examples. It begins most intensely, and they get a little bit easier as we go on. All right? So, about a month ago, 25 priests from the United States were invited to a three-day-long conference just outside of Detroit. I happened to be one of the 25. And we spent three days together praying and discussing and having good meals, and it was a great time. And they were priests, young, old, different experiences. But the question that was posed to us for our first holy hour was we went to Jesus and asked him this question. Lord, what is the biggest wound in the American church? So Jesus, what's the biggest problem going on in the church in America? Now, if, in case you haven't been conscious the last 15 years, uh, there's quite a few things that we could probably put together. So I was very interested to hear what the, what the Lord was going to say to me and put on my heart. And I was even more excited to hear what, as a bunch of priests, we were all going to hear together. So we go for about 40 minutes of prayer. We came back, and in the room was these big whiteboards. And we began to just share what we thought the Lord was saying to us. And it was interesting, because I think without prayer, we would have come up with one list. And then we came up with another. And the number one most reoccurring theme was people don't know Jesus. They know a lot about the church. They know a lot about Jesus. But they don't know him as a living friend. They don't feel that they're known and loved by him. And they certainly don't have any sense that they know what breaks his heart in their lives. How did he respond or how does he feel about the sorrowful mysteries in your life story? How does Jesus feel about the blessings you've received and the good times? What's going on in the heart of God when you're just living your life? And we realize that because people don't know that, all the other problems ensue. And by people, let me be very honest, the first thing we were talking about was us, priests. And we thought, uh uh-oh, If we think we can say that at times in our own lives are about other brother priests, and then we're the ones supposed to be examples as fathers and then preachers, we might have found the biggest wound. How does this show up? Well, here's the first intense example. About a month ago, the Roe v. Wade abortion overturning by the U.S. Supreme Court of the law of the land. I'm not getting into the teachings of it or anything like that. But what I want to point out is that the event happened and then people went violent, breaking into churches, defacing statues, giving murderous threats. Why? Because their way of life was challenged. What wasn't going on? No one was asking questions about truth. Like, is this a good thing or bad thing to do? When does life begin? Does life even matter? So who cares when you know when it begins? If you think it's bad, who cares how you treat it? None of those questions were being discussed. We weren't seeking truth as a country. We weren't open to what is really good for us as a people. People didn't like their way of life was being challenged, and they went violent. Why? Because in a world gone mad, we don't want the truth. We don't want the voice of God. We want our own ways, 
our own comforts. Rather than asking difficult questions of what is real, what is true, we just lash out. Here's another one. In our own parish, we've got two guys going into the seminary this year in the fall. We have about three guys who are meeting with the vocation director and praying intensely about this. Where is the Lord leading me for my college years? And in my eight years of priesthood, I have helped many guys discern in different directions and really be open to what God's doing in their lives. And it's been really beautiful. But where do they get the most pushback? Their mom and dad. And their mom and dad took the family to Mass every Sunday, raised the family to be Catholic, but they don't want that much Jesus. Like, yeah, be Catholic, be good, but not that much. Let's take it easy, all right? Moderation. Come on, you can't be going that far. What's at the heart of it? It's Jesus' call to division in the gospel today. Their son, and I've helped some young women discern religious life, their son or daughter are hearing the voice of truth and are starting to speak about it and witness, I think this is my path, and it disrupts mom and dad's plan and vision for family life, and division ensues. Why? Because in a fallen world, like the one we're in, we don't always want God's will. We don't always want truth. We like our ways in our time. We like to be honored, feel like we're in control, and feel like we are in charge of everything. The gospel has to hit our egos. And here's a third example, the other side. Many of you have come to me and said, I've asked my kids to start going back to Mass after COVID, or I've asked my spouse to get back to church, or I've had kids in our youth group saying, I keep telling my mom and dad, like, every week is a thing. Like, you got to go to Mass every week. And they're met with mockery, disdain, anger. And then what happens is the person who is the voice of truth starts doubting themselves. Should I not have done this? Should I not have said anything? Oh my gosh. And the gospel today becomes an examination. Do I want my family's comfort more than I want God? Do I want my family to get along and have a Norman Rockwell holiday more than I want us to have honest discussions about what is true, good, and beautiful? Do I love Jesus or do I love being able to tell my friends, hey, my family had the greatest dinner, we're getting along, everything's perfect. One priest in our diocese says, we all want our families to look like Norman Rockwell paintings, but in truth, we're Picasso paintings. <laughs> but see, this is the other side of it, where Jesus pricks our own conscience and says, what do you want? God, infinite life, love, truth, goodness, and beauty, or your plans, your vision, and your ideas for life? And what he says is sometimes you're going to speak up and he's just being real. People aren't going to like it because you and I should know that because people have spoken up in our lives and we didn't like it. We all have an allergy to God's will. And one of the greatest ways to heal people of allergies is immersion therapy. Like if little kids are allergic to blueberries, give them more blueberries and eventually their body will adjust. Nine times out of ten. <laughs> that one time's pretty a big deal, though. <laughs> How do we grow in our love of God's will and seeking the truth? Immerse ourselves in the Bible. 
immerse ourselves in times of prayer and study, learn what we mean and don't mean as a church, and recognize that truth without love is somehow a lie, and love without truth is just a hallmark card. Jesus came to tell us very clearly, I didn't come to endorse your way of living and being and your own ways of identity. I came to give you life. And one of the first requisites is to realize is, it's not mine, it's given, and it's usually given at a cost. And so today, I recommend this week, you look for these gospel, these scripture passages online. If you have a Magnificat, something like that, read them several times and just say, Lord, please help me not to love myself more than you so that I can become what you're calling me to, a sharer of divine life. Amen.